0: Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Carol Tearsmith, and of course, Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity. And this hour, we're going to be continuing our topic on schools that we started last week, and then we're going to hopefully be able to talk a little bit about patriotism. But first, we know all good things start in prayer. So Father Jim, would you lead us in an opening prayer?
1: Thanks, Annie. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we love your beautiful and holy mother. We want to entrust to you and to your mother all the teenagers and the children of Atlanta, and from whatever city is listening in today. Lord, we love our children, but in many ways we know that our government, our culture, our schools have betrayed our children. We ask you to forgive us as a nation for not giving our children and our university students their birthright to begin to love you with all their hearts and to love their families and to love their countries. Forgive us, Lord. We ask you, Lord, perhaps even with this show, to start a revival in our country. We would start putting our children as a a priority in our lives and teaching them, Lord, the right ways to live and to believe jesus we love you we love your mother and we now consecrate all of our children and our teenagers here in atlanta and throughout the world to the immaculate heart of mary who is the seat of all wisdom and we say hail mary full of praise the lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May all the saints, especially the child saints of heaven, pray for us and for our young ones today and always.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Great. Thank you, Father. You know, last week we had a very powerful show and we had Father Blunt and we had some amazing young adults, uh, Murphy and Alvaro joined and what a powerful hour it was. And as we know, Murphy talked a little bit about going off to college. And so I think it brings up a question. We as parents, you know, we guide our children or our teenagers as they look at colleges. And I guess they need some guidance on what schools to choose. And so there's some some schools that really may not uh, promote our Catholic values. So Father, could you give us some guidance on this important work that we have to do as parents?
1: Thanks, Carol. It's a very important question. It's a sticky question. And that is because there are so many universities and colleges today that are Catholic in name only. I don't want to mention their names because you probably know what they are, But as as Stephanie said before the show, that they may have been Catholic when you and I went there, but they're no longer Catholic today. Mm -hmm. There's so much heresy, even blasphemy, and moral turpitude as well. Mm -hmm. So be very, very careful. We want to recommend to our beautiful listeners, to the teenagers and their parents, a list of at least nine schools that are actually Catholic. They actually love Jesus. They proclaim the gospel. Uh, They're very intelligent, you might say, and they're faithful to the magisterium. So first of all, where my little brother, Father Anthony, went the University of Steubenville in Ohio. This is an outstanding school, and it's, it's rather charismatic, and it's Franciscan. There's also Belmont University in North Carolina and Benedictine College in Kansas City. These are other outstanding colleges for young people that are safe to send them to. We want to mention as well, University of Dallas. We had seminarian Andrew on with us a few weeks ago. He graduated from the University of Dallas, and he witnessed to us what a beautiful and faithful school it was, with even like Eucharistic Adoration chapels in the dormitories.
3: Wow. This uh-huh. is the kind of
1: school that we want, you see. Yeah. <laughs> we also want to miss in Christendom College, which I think is in Virginia, Front mm-hmm. Royal Virginia. Wyoming Catholic College is a tiny one, but it's off the charts. It is fantastic. And they used a great books program there. The Wyoming Catholic College, relatively new, but solid as a rock. There's Ave Maria down in Florida, Ave Maria University. Mm-hmm. There's also Thomas Aquinas College in California, a very good Catholic school. And finally, I think a relatively new school, John Paul II. University in California, which is for young people seeking to major in the arts. Like I think literature and music and filmmaking. So these are some of the great schools in our country today. Be very careful parents. I say this with sadness in my heart. Don't send your young people to a school just because it says Catholic in the name. It's become a nightmare. And I know this from my own personal ministry that we send Catholic kids to a supposedly Catholic school and they come back home as atheists. This can't be. It has to stop. It's a betrayal of our young people. It's a betrayal of our church. It's even a betrayal of Jesus Christ. So consider these schools, nine beautiful ones, University of Steubenville in Ohio, Belmont in North Carolina, Benedictine in Kansas City, Christendom in Virginia. The University of Dallas, of course, in Texas, Wyoming Catholic College, Ave Maria down in Florida, Thomas Aquinas in California, and John Paul the Great, John Paul II University also in California. These are good choices for you. And remember, when you do send your young people to a school, pray together as husband and wife. And I would recommend that you you go to the local church and pray before the tabernacle, you, your spouse, and your child and ask the Lord for an inspiration to guide you to the proper school for your child
2: wonderful, wonderful. good advice you know father today we hear a lot of uh, new new, new programs that even in the grade schools that are being implemented and uh, basically they're robbing our children of their innocence and I wondered if you could talk to us a little bit about that whole subject
1: well To the best extent that I can, I'm not in the elementary schools too much, but I know exactly what you mean. Like we're teaching them, for instance, gender confusion and the rights of the parents over their children are being totally neglected, if not attacked and torn apart, that our children should not be taught this nonsense that a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. We're, We're putting confusion inside of them at an early age and actually promoting supposedly what we're just describing, actually promotes it. They also, in some of these schools, teach our young people about contraceptions. Unbelievable. So they also teach them atheism and anti-Christianity and anti-Catholicism. There are many, many things going on, even in elementary schools, that are anathema. Stunning. It makes me think of Our Lady of Good Success in Ecuador, Mm. where she appeared to Mother Mariana Torres, whose body is utterly incorrupt, more than 400 years ago and Our Lady said to Mother Mariana and a host of other sisters in the convent, at least six other sisters together, Our Lady appeared to them, and back in the 1600s, Our Lady told them that by the middle of the 20th century, that darkness would begin to invade the country and the world, darkness, by the year 1950. Then Mama told Mother Mariana that by the year 2000, the darkness and the impurity and the sinfulness would be so great that you could barely find even one innocent soul even among the children. Hmm. Boy. This is like mortal sin on a universal level, mortal sin, what we've done to our children. And I always think in, in this light of the iPhones and the iPads and the computers and the television, especially cable television, mm-hmm. that these have been the instruments, it seems to me, to destroy our country and to destroy our young people. Do you know when I was serving in Belize in Central America, uh, we had a prime minister there, the first prime minister of the country. He was Catholic. He went to daily mass. And you know, one of his first directives for the whole country was this. He's the first prime minister in the history of the country of Belize. He outlawed American television. Oh, wow. <laughs> Incredible. He, because he knew that it was corrupt. Wow. And the next bold. prime minister allowed it in. The next one? From another party, and the country went downhill immediately. It brought corruption, impurity, prostitution, homosexuality, and marital infidelity, violence into the, our all of our homes. It began to destroy the country. The country's been in bad shape ever since. Isn't that interesting? It sure is. Mm-hmm. That may be what Our Lady almost certainly was referring to—that we've lost the innocence of our children, and. I would recommend to the parents, you've, you've got to find a battle plan. You have to pray the rosary together. Moms and dads, pray the rosary, and maybe pray certain deliverance prayers, like the St. Michael, the archangel prayer, that God would protect your children and guide you in raising your children. But it's never a good idea to give your children a carte blanche on their televisions and their iPads and their computers. I would say no child should have a computer, even teenagers, alone in their bedrooms, including a television, alone in their bedrooms. Let them be in a public space, all the televisions and all the computers. Protect your children. Bless your house with holy water every day and put up limitations on what they can and can't see. And then kneel down on the floor and pray, you might say with tears, asking Jesus and Mary to protect your children from the plague of the modern uh, telecommunications systems. Mm -hmm. It's destroying our young people it's been prophesied over and over again by the saints that there would come a time, one of the two saints said this, there would come a time in history, one over a thousand years ago said this, he saw a black box in every living room and every family home across the world, he said, including in Catholic homes, he didn't know what it was. His name was St. Nilus. he was a hermit more than a thousand years ago, he didn't know what it was, a black box, even he said, even in Catholic homes. And he said it was teaching their children a false gospel and a false Messiah. Now, this is shocking and it's frightening. Mm. That's what's happening today. So I want to recommend to your, your, the parents who are listening, you've got to take stock of what's happening. Do not let your children watch whatever they want. It's absolutely dangerous. Let me give one more story. This is out for out west in this country. I was working with a family out west, and I worked with the mom and dad and with the teenagers, And one of the teenage boys came up to me. It was his turn privately to talk to me. And the boy started crying. And there's a little boy, I mean a 14-year-old, from a good family, a good Catholic family, who go to Mass all the time. And they have Wi-Fi in their house. And all the boys have it on their iPhones. And the young man told me that he was addicted to pornography. He couldn't stop watching it. And he was crying. And he's like choking, literally choking, Father, I don't know how to get free. And I said to the young man, I understand. Can I talk to your dad about this? This is a confession, so I can't reveal anything you said to me. But I am allowed by canon law to ask your permission to bring this up to your dad. Not to tell him what you're doing, but with your permission, I'm going to ask your daddy if he can turn off the Wi-Fi in the house just to protect you. And he wanted it. The child wanted to be said, Father, no, I, I'm too embarrassed. But I said, it's killing you. It's killing you. It's better to be embarrassed, but to be saved. It's up to you, but I'll talk to your dad. I will not tell him who it was. After all, your brothers came to me for confession too. He doesn't know which one of you it is. <laughs> Don't even worry about that. I'm not committing any names. But with your to ask daddy. Daddy, I love you, and I love your family. Can you protect your children? What do you mean, father? I mean, turn off the Wi-Fi tonight. He finally gave me permission because it was dangerous. As mortal sin, it was killing the boy. He wanted to be free. I encountered the father that night and spoke to him. That is a good man. Can I tell you, the father started crying in front of me. He was a big, tough cowboy. He started crying, tears. Father, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. And I said, I'm sorry, Papa. It's not just your family. It's all over the world. You've got to protect your sons and daughters. So be aware of this, friends. I believe the telephone, the television, the computers really have become our enemies in this day and age. You're better off actually without them, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So be careful, be careful, and pray to Our Lady for the salvation of your children. God is going to rescue all of us soon.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Wow. Good advice. So, Father, uh, one thing that we've we've talked about is years ago, I think in the 60s, a law was passed to stop prayer in school. And so uh, have we brought all this on ourselves by this action that our country's taken?
1: The prayers of children are immensely powerful. I would say they're actually more powerful than our prayers. Even more powerful sometimes in the prayers of priests and religious. Because their hearts and souls are innocent. And so what we did in one fell swoop with the Supreme Court decision, Ingo versus Vitale, back in 1962, it outlawed all prayer in our schools. And so overnight, you might say, I don't know the exact number, I'm just going to guess Overnight, 30 million children stopped praying. Now, we had prayer going up to the one true God every day, Monday through Friday, going up for the president and for the country. Prayer from innocent hearts and souls, including the Lord's Prayer, was going up. Suddenly, it stopped like that. Now, this was a mistake, to put it mildly. And I want to share with you how the Lord really impressed this on my heart and soul the devastating effect it had on our country. Because our country went downhill from there. There's actual statistics to prove this. How crime went up and and pregnancies outside of marriage went up and drug abuse went up. Unbelievable. From that very year everything went crazy in our country. But I had an experience that was something I would say unique and beautiful. I was in the seminary studying to be a priest and I had a very vivid dream one night. I was in in my, my room, sleeping overnight, and I had this dream. And of course, you know, we have preaching classes in the seminary. So I was thinking about my preaching class, and suddenly I saw myself in my dream preaching as a future priest. And I was saying these things to the good people, and I began to go into this part of the homily that I was giving. It was all in my dream. And I spoke to the good people who were in front of me in my dream, And I told them, we withdrew all prayer from our schools. And all these innocents, 30 million kids stopped praying protection over our country. And one year later, in 1963, our president was assassinated brutally in public from a school building. Mm -hmm. And I woke up in the middle of the dream at those very words. I jolted out of my bed and sat straight up. I don't know where those words came from. I never said them before, you know, when I was conscious. They came, I think, from the Holy Spirit. I stood up and and in my room, it was shaken. We withdrew prayer from our schools in 1962. Then from the Texas School Book Depository, Lee Harvey Oswald shot a, a rifle and killed our president from a school building a year later because the children were not praying. The only thing left in the school building were rifles, no children praying. Now, we know from all the theories, and I know this too, that probably the president was hit three or four or five times from various rifles coming from various locations. Nevertheless, the fact that one of the assassins was there in a school building spoke volumes of what was actually going on. If we had not taken the prayer out of the schools, I want to proclaim this, our president never would have died that way. I think John Kitty would still be alive today if this not had, if this not had happened to our country. This, I believe, shows us the incredible, immense power of prayer. Thank God we have a president today who is pro-life, pro-Christian, and pro-prayer. And I commend him for what he's trying to do, even holding the Bible up in the air in front of a burning church. We have a marvelous president who begins all of his cabinet meetings with prayer. And I thank God for this because he wants our children to be free to pray, so important. And so yes, I think we went the wrong way. I think it was a huge mistake. And something about it was simply sinful, if not even diabolical, removing the prayers from the schools. We need to return to this, return as soon as we can, to allow the children to pray again, as much and as loud as they want. That will save our country.
3: Great. Yeah, regardless of the, you know, the origin of those shots, it's very symbolic to see that the school, what was it, depository or something?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, school book depository. <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> was the site, yeah. That was very interesting. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. almost like the Lord allowed that to be the story for a while, mm-hmm. just to focus our attention. Mm-hmm. You forbid my little ones to pray, and now your president, your first Catholic president, is killed from a school building. Hmm. it's absolutely shocking but i think the link is absolutely real
3: Mm -hmm.
1: we have to get the kids praying again and i've seen the statistics from doctors It's, it's incontrovertible for beginning with that decision all the violence and the drug abuse and pregnancy and everything else began to explode in all of our schools it's an absolute tragedy it's time now to wake up we took a wrong turn So what do you do? If you're heading to Alabama and you find yourself in North Carolina, turn around and go back. You see? That's what we have to do is turn around and go back to what we lost. We lost it. Let's get it back. You cannot throw out the innocence of our children or the life of prayer. Our country was built on these things. We have to return to this as soon as possible.
3: Okay. Well, let me ask you a question then, Father. We've been sure. talking about schools and I kind of want to move a little bit into patriotism because I really feel like we grew up with patriotism in our schools. The Pledge of Allegiance was, was always uh, recited every day. We were saluting the flag. And, you know, now it seems like we're teaching our students none of this, at least at the higher levels. Do we need to rescue them and, and how at this point?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think the kindest way to put it, and I really, I believe this, I know this to be true. I work with a lot of teachers as well. I believe our public schools today, to put it most simply, they are a danger. I'm sorry, D-A-N-G-E-R. They are a danger to our young people. And uh, I have the great joy and the blessing to pastor a Catholic homeschooling community, and where I see our children, they don't go to public schools, but they stay home and are, are taught with great Catholic accredited programs by their parents. And the children, they seem to be so healthy and happy and much, much less problems than other teenagers with a strong belief in God. And when we have mass, even during the week, our teenagers will come. Uh, the only problem I have really on the property is that sometimes two boys might get into a fight. At who gets to serve the mass that day? <laughs> it's about the only problem we really have. So I'm seeing that homeschooling is actually an answer, an antidote to what's going on right now. Consider homeschooling your children. But now it looks like, as Andy reminded us in the break, it, remi- it looks like it's going to be mandated that many of our schools won't even open this year.
3: In many states or many
0: counties, right? All right, y'all, it's time for a quick break, and we'll be back with more from Heaven's Light.
4: This is Bishop Ned Schlesinger, the Auxiliary Bishop of Atlanta. Listening to the good news over the radio is a wonderful way to be involved in and to learn about our faith. Thank you for being a loyal listener of AM 1160 The Quest. God bless you.
1: Let us offer a prayer of thanksgiving for the priests serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Eternal God, we thank you for the blessings of our priests who represent you on this earth. Make them more greatly aware of the grace that you pour out through them as they minister the sacraments and help them to fall more deeply in love with you after each and every Mass that is celebrated. Please strengthen them so that they may lovingly and courageously shepherd your flock. May we support the priest in the Diocese of Atlanta by offering them kind words, deeds, and assistance. We thank you, God, for the gift of your priest. Allow them to remain an example of your truth and a guide to all those he is entrusted to serve. We ask these things of you, our Lord, our eternal priest. Amen. You know what Catholic radio is? It's training for the troops. It's a inter-aural of the ear boot camp. The folks who listen, who grow in their faith, grow in charity, grow in all the virtues, they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves. Catholic radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith. To donate, go to thequestatlanta.com
5: the quest presents pro-life minutes
0: did you know that if you were born after 1973 one-fourth of your generation is missing perhaps that's why so many people longing for their soulmates have not been able to find them they may have been aborted have you wondered who will find the cure for alzheimer's cancer or diabetes god may have already sent someone to discover those cures but someone's choice ended their life before it began society tells us that we are alive because of our mother's choice The world says that your worth comes from your convenience to others. But the maker of this world tells us otherwise. You are created in the image and likeness of God, full of dignity, and no one can take that away from you. So be not afraid. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity.
4: For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
2: Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic radio. Inviting a friend has never been easier. Now there are four great ways to listen to The Quest. On your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today.
5: Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. LaSonya Mitchell-Clark of Youngstown, Ohio, was adopted as a baby but wanted to reconnect with her birth mother. After requesting records recently made available by the Ohio Department of Health, she found out that her mother's name is Francine Simmons. LaSonya looked Simmons up on Facebook only to discover that her mother worked at the same company where she worked. As reported by CBS News, Simmons always wanted to find the daughter she gave away when she gave birth at age 15. Now, in addition to her birth mother, LaSonia has connected with three sisters she never knew she had. Simmons expressed great joy over finding her daughter, saying, now we've got a bigger extended family where we can just be together. This message was brought to you by The Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness.
0: welcome back if you're just joining us you're listening to heaven's light on am 1160 the quest i'm annie porter and i'm joined in studio by steph ike carol tearsmith and father jim blunt from the society of our lady of the trinity
3: and father we've just been talking about patriotism prior to the break when we say the word patriotism today kind of as we view it in 2020 what do you think it looks like? Would we call what we see on television today patriotism?
1: Especially what we see on the news programs is a definite no. That we're, seeing that, um, we're seeing young people being inspired to burn down our country
3: mm-hmm.
1: and to hate our country. And um, this is actually very, very sinful. Most people don't even realize, including many, many Christians don't realize, that patriotism is a virtue. It's not a nice thing. It's a godly virtue. And St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us in the Summa that patriotism, patriotism is part of the virtue of piety. In other words, piety um, includes my responsibility to love my heavenly father and my earthly parents, my dad and mom, and my fatherland. My fatherland. He says It involves all of those. So part of piety is loving the land where I was born. And one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind to all of our young people who are listening is listen to this i've been to quite a few places across the world every country has faults does our country have faults of course we do the deeper question is do you have faults you do too we all have faults but every country has boo-boos and perhaps he's raising up the younger generations to heal some of those faults but along the way you might make a few mistakes as well The idea is this, every country has strengths and weaknesses, just like a person has faults and has great virtue as well. You don't hate your mom and dad or your brother and sister because they made a boo-boo. You don't hate them because they have a, a fault. They all have faults. And by the way, so do you and I. You love your parents and your family and your friends, even with their faults. And you love your country with her faults. And I can tell you quite categorically, If you lived in Germany, or Uganda, or Colombia, you will find plenty of faults there as well, maybe more. Does that mean a a German child should hate Germany? Should, Should a Ugandan teenager hate Uganda? Should a Colombian young adult burn down Colombia? Give me a break. Every single country has its faults, and every single country has its virtues. And the young are raised by God with a zeal, not to burn down your country, but to forgive your country and help make it better. And you do that through prayer and fasting and love and come up with um, ingenious creative ideas to renew the country in the right way. And so we're not being taught patriotism, we're being taught something that's absolutely irrational and hateful and it's actually sinful. It causes God, I believe, to weep. God weeps when we do these things. We have to be patient with one another and with our country. It's the first quality of charity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is many things, it's generous, it's self-sacrificing, but the first quality of love is patience. Love is patient. So we need to quit apologizing for our country. As the video audio clip says, we're going to play for you right now. Quit apologizing for our country. Every country has its faults. Every country has its virtues. And every country has young people who are called by God not to burn it down, but to forgive, to fast, and to pray, and come up with ingenious, creative ideas to make your country better. So let's listen to a clip of what authentic patriotism sounds like in our country today.
4: Sounds good. Dividing people is always easy. All it takes is a lie dressed up in a hashtag. Uniting people is never easy. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of listening, and a lot of learning. And it's worth every effort. We live in the United States of America. From sea to shining sea, we are the most diverse, most charitable, most unique nation in the world. It's why more flock to this great country from around the globe than any other country on Earth. Stop apologizing for America. This is the place where justice rolls down like a mighty river, where dreams do come true, and blood-bought freedom is as precious as the air we breathe. It's the place where even biracial adoptees like Colin Kaepernick can become adopted and loved by white parents to become a multi-million dollar athlete and activist. We are the United States of America, and we can't breathe in the smoldering ruins of anarchy and violence. We thrive when we embrace the truths that are self-evident, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This land of opportunity makes people like Dr. Ben Carson possible. Once a young child who grew up in poverty with his brother and his single mom. He became a world-renowned pediatric neurosurgeon. It makes success stories like Kathy Hughes possible. She's an African-American woman who despite an unplanned pregnancy, founded the hugely successful Urban One Media Network she rejected aborting her son and chose to be stronger than her circumstances, saying, quote, I became an entrepreneur because of him, end quote. Or how about Kalpana Chala, an Indian-born immigrant who became an American citizen and the first woman of Indian ethnicity in space. We have so much to celebrate in these United States of America, where our national creed is centered on the truth that we're all created equal. Red, yellow, black, brown, and white, left, middle, and right, we rise together or we fall together. Let's rise. Let's stand for the country that is still the beacon of hope to the world. Our solutions are not political. They're deeply personal, they're moral, they're spiritual. When we truly are one nation under God, we can be indivisible. America, we haven't even seen our best days yet. So stop apologizing, and start uniting.
3: So folks, if you enjoyed that audio clip and are interested in looking at the video, I believe it's from Catholic Vote, and it's called Rise Up America. Father, what's our responsibility in God's eyes when it comes to the country? What would you say?
1: Well, as Annie says at every show, all good things begin with prayer. (laughs) And so the beginning of healing a country is to begin by praying for your country. Mm -hmm. And let me see if I have that quote present. I do. From 2 Chronicles chapter 7, a very good quote from your Catholic Bible, where the Lord says to his people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways... I will hear them from heaven, and I will pardon their sin, and I will heal their land. You see, it has to begin with prayer. You know why? Because the destruction started with the absence of prayer. The reason why we're in trouble is because we abandoned prayer. That's why we're dying as a nation. We have to return now to prayer. And as we pray, God will not only heal our nation, he will inspire us, including many young adults, he will give them inspirations from heaven of what they can do to make our country a better place. And I feel compelled to mention this, that one reason why the young people are rioting, that they're being paid to do it, among other things, being paid for this, and they were primed by their own universities and colleges, they're not being taught the authentic Christian faith. And what I'm getting at here is the dogma of original sin, that we were all born flawed, everyone-wise. And what always goes through my mind when I see like a young person tearing down another statue of Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or of a saint, my first thought is, wow, so you are without sin. So you are perfect, and you're tearing them down because somehow you're better than they are. And already aren't you guilty of arrogance, just to begin with? Don't you realize that Christopher Columbus was born with original sin and so were you and I? That he did pretty good considering what he had to deal with. And so what happens with what's happening with this anti-patriotism is that people forget that the whole thing begins with my own heart, that we are all sinners. We all have to work on ourselves. So if you want to make the country a better place, begin with yourself. Don't tear down statues. Tear down the idols in your heart. Tear those idols down and get on your knees and repent of your sins. When you do that, suddenly everyone looks more beautiful. Suddenly everyone even looks holier than I am when I admit my own sins. And so this, I believe, is sort of a deception. It's a deception, I believe, from the evil spirit. That we look, this is what communism and socialism does. It always looks for the evil in someone else. It's never me who's guilty. It's always you. It's my country. It's the president. It's never me. Give me a break. We're all sinners. We're all big, fat sinners is what we are. And Jesus died for all of us. And so like my mama used to say, never throw stones. If you live in a glass house, don't throw stones. Stop tearing down these statues of sinners until you become perfect. When you become perfect, then I'll give you permission to tear down a statue or two, maybe in my backyard. Other than that, work on the statues, the idols in your own heart. The country becomes better person by person. It becomes better, as John Paul said, that the country and the church is never changed by programs. The country and the church is changed by saints. If you want this country to be more saintly, you become a saint first. Then we will listen to you and you will do good things and God will work through you even in miraculous ways. So the first place to begin is in myself and with prayer. That's how we begin to change our beloved country. And I would add this, ask God for the grace to love your country. If you're in Poland, I tell you love Poland. If you're from Zambia, love Zambia. If you're from Ecuador, love Ecuador. Love your country. Give praise to God for what is given to you and its flaws. Don't broadcast them. Do you tell the flaws of your parents to the world? Don't broadcast the flaws of your country. Work on them quietly, prayerfully, lovingly, and humbly. Work on the flaws of the country. Maybe that's why you were born. Not to burn it down, but but to heal your country.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: I remember John F. Kennedy saying, I believe he was quoting from a a great American poet. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. There is true words of wisdom from a a true president. He had his flaws too, by the way, but wasn't that beautiful what he said? Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we can do for our country. Let's repent of our own sins first and tear down the statues in our own hearts, become holy and humble, then you'll know what to do next.
3: Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 So to me, if I recall this, Christopher Columbus went back to Spain and Queen Queen Isabella wanted to have the United States, the new country, consecrated to Our Lady. So she's always been a guardian of the United States. Isn't that correct?
1: She is. In fact, it's not well known here in the U.S., but in Europe, they're seeking to canonize Queen Isabella, to Mm. make her into a saint. Really? She was a godly woman.
3: Wow. So, like you, you say mama, you call her mama, and we we're starting to call her mama sometimes endearingly. <laughs> um, we were endowed with rights I think that seem to be truly from the divine will. And at least I believe that. And so I to me I think that's really given us this rich, gifted moral life. In in what way do you think that from the very beginning, as we just said, if she was part of a consecration you know, giving Mary our country to take care of. In what way do you think that Mary's really been watching over our country right from the start?
1: Well, apart from the great state of Maryland. (laughs) That's a good one. She's been present from the very beginning, and I want to share with your beautiful listeners something that's not well known and It should be better known. I think it's almost been covered up, but it's actually found in a book in the Library of Congress that was printed in the year eighteen twenty and it is It was written by an army man, I think some sort of officer who was an attendant to general george Washington, and He wrote down what President Washington told him at that time he was just the general. I think it was in Valley Forge when this vision happened. But I wonder, team, did you, and do you listen, do you realize that our first president received a vision from a heavenly lady? He said it was most strikingly beautiful. Almost certainly the Virgin Mother of God appeared to our first president. There's historical evidence it's overwhelming. He had a vision, and George Washington relates, and the scribe wrote it down, that he had told his attendants to stand guard over his tent. It was not to be disturbed that afternoon. He had a lot of work to do, maybe doing some sort of battle strategy and battle planning and assignments. And he looked up in the middle of his work. His guards were guarding the tent so no visitors could come in. And he looked up, it was like a flash of light in the room. He looked up and see he saw this ball of light and it got bigger in front of him. And he said the most beautiful woman he had ever laid eyes upon, a woman of heavenly visage, he said. A heavenly beautiful woman appeared to him and began to speak to him. He at first wanted to chastise her. and He wanted to say, what are you doing here? But he, when he began to speak to her, he found himself paralyzed. He couldn't move his hands, he couldn't move his lips. He was like frozen. She became bigger and more beautiful, and she addressed him as the son of the republic. And she said to him, son of the republic, look, she said, and learn. She stretched out her beautiful right arm, and clouds came into the tent, and a vision unfolded before our first president. In his own words, He saw this huge war taking place, and he realized immediately it was the war he was fighting. It was the Revolutionary War. And Our Lady showed him what was happening. It was a prophetic vision. She showed him that he would win. She showed him that they would win this battle and that this new nation would be established, and it would flourish like never before. It was beautiful what he saw after the battle. Now listen to this. Here's Our Lady coming from heaven to our first soon-to-be president, giving a vision of the establishment of this country, showing you that this country was ordained within God's most holy will. And there's the Virgin Mother of Jesus Christ, the Queen of the Universe and the Queen of the Church, in the tent of our first president as general. Because our mother wears combat boots as well.
3: <laughs> and then yes, she Mary, does.
1: <laughs> she does indeed. <laughs> and her weapon is that holy rosary that all of us can pray, including our beloved Protestant brothers and sisters. We love our Protestants, don't we, sisters? Yes, we, we do. love our Protestant brothers and sisters. We want to give you the rosary. Why? Because we love you. We want you to be safe and protected because the rosary will win the battle, is the rosary. But then our Holy Mother, she looked at George Washington. The dream, the vision, sort of disappeared in the cloud. And Mother Mary looked at our first president, who was still general, and called him son of the republic, she said to him. Look and learn. She reached out her hand, and the second vision unfolded in front of our president, from the virgin mother of God. And he saw his new country a hundred years later. And he saw another war. And he was shocked, to be honest with you, shocked. And he saw it was a war of the races, the civil war. Mama showed him the civil war long before it happened. And he could see it was an awful war, even worse than the Revolutionary War, where brother spilled brother's blood. And it really disturbed him and made him sad. But Our Lady, the Queen of Prophecy, just like her son Jesus, who is the King of Prophets, prophecy from heaven always ends on a positive note. And so Our Lady showed, our, our first president, that this would finally, in the end, because of prayer, it would end well. And the country would survive and be reestablished, and we all would be equal, and the, the country would thrive again for another hundred years. And so for that, our, our future president was grateful. The vision disappeared. And then Our Lady turned to our first president, who was at that time general, and called him again, son of the republic. She said to him, look, she said, and learn. And again, the clouds came back, and when they parted, he saw the globe, and he saw uh, these clouds that he said were troops coming to this country. And Our Lady told him, this will be the third and greatest battle of this new country, she said. It will be the worst in history. She told him the whole world will be aligned against your country. And he saw coming from Europe, from Asia, and even from Africa, these clouds of different colors that represented other nations in the military invading our country. And Our Lady, she told him that it would be a desperate situation and the most violent, the most gruesome war in history. She said the whole world will be aligned against your country. But then she showed our future president, and I'm going to say our future Catholic president, because I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. He was baptized Catholic before he died, our president, George Washington. Hmm. She showed him little communities, little communities across the United States of America, communities of Christians grouping together in the middle of this war, raising their hands to heaven, praying to God to spare our country. And when enough of these little prayer groups raised their hands to heaven, he saw, Our Lady allowed him to see, like a million angels flying down from heaven over this country, driving away the invaders. He saw them all go back across the ocean to their homeland. And Mama Mary told our future president, you will win this third and final battle. It will be the greatest victory of all history and your country will thrive again after this third battle. Wow. And we believe, of course, that's now. That's this battle right now. It's not just Republicans versus Democrats. We're fighting communism and socialism and the New World Order and certain billionaires whose names I won't mention who are funding all of this nonsense. But Our Lady, with the power and the gift of God, everything Mary has comes to her freely from Jesus. With the gift from God that she had, she saw all of it in advance and she prophesied victory for our country. And so, yes, Mama has been here from the beginning, and she's here now. And in fact, it may not be well known, but there's now a statue of Our Lady of Fatima in the White House today. Thanks be to God.
3: I didn't know that. Yes,
1: she was there in the beginning, and she's there now. And by the way, it's almost certain in fact, I read about this several times. The first time I heard this was on Mother Angelica's show years ago. I was quite young at the time. Two historians were being interviewed by Mother Angelica herself, and they were explaining their evidence. But it is, it is a fact that a Catholic priest visited George Washington on the day he died. He was called by the president. He came across the river on a canoe, went into the private quarters of George Washington. who was in a bed dying. Everyone else was asked to leave. The door was closed. And this Catholic priest spent, I understand, close to three hours with our president. He left. They took him back across the river in a canoe. And the words are recorded by this priest. With his, He was a Jesuit priest, a Jesuit missionary. As he spoke to his fellow Jesuits, as he got back that night. One of the Jesuits said, the father said to them, Brothers, don't worry. It's all been done. What does that mean? It's all been done. Mm -hmm. We believe that our president was guided by the Virgin Mary and by the Holy Spirit. He was baptized on his deathbed. It's almost certain. There's even more evidence than this. So realize, brothers and sisters, whether you're Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or even atheist, that we love you and God loves you and Mary loves you and she and her son, they love this country This country was ordained in the divine will from the beginning. It's been the greatest country in the history of the world. And that's why this country is under attack to destroy it. Because we stand for purity and for the family, for patriotism, for courage, for the Bible. That's why we're under attack. It will appear that we are losing. But in the end, because of our lady's intercession and our little prayers, we're going to win this battle too. Thanks be to God. We're going to win this battle. And I'm going to quote from the Holy Bible from Psalm 102 that I used in the last show. Just a little bit of, from that psalm to show you what's about to happen. It says this, God looked down from heaven to the earth that he might hear the groans of the prisoners. i want to add this, that he might hear the groans of the Americans and free those condemned to die. It goes on to prophesy, the sons of your servants shall dwell untroubled and their race shall endure before you that the name of the Lord may be proclaimed in Zion, proclaimed in the church, proclaimed in America. Something fantastic is coming. Let's love our country and pray for our country. The victory is assured. The victory is assured.
3: Amen. 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 So you've taken us back a couple hundred years, and now we see where things are right now. You know, when do you think we went off the tracks?
1: Well, I think we went off the track. Success, you might say, is our worst enemy. That's true for everyone. It's true for priests as well. St. Bernard of Clairvaux had a terrible problem in Clairvaux with the Cistercians. You know why? He had the best, holiest, most efficient, intelligent monastery in the world because that. Everyone was attracted to him and his community. And when they would come, they would leave gold behind. They would leave gifts. Uh, Honestly, to this day, that's what they do. They left gifts of money and gold and silver and icons and statues. So in a short period of time, this holy, faithful, pious, God-loving, salvific community became filthy rich. And St. Bernard, who truly was a saint, was deeply concerned for his monastery. They became filthy, rich, and everything was gold paneled and He could see the effect it was having on his monks and He had to begin teaching them, give it away, give it away. if they give you a thousand dollars, keep a dollar, and give the rest to the poor. Beautiful instruction you see, it even happens to monks it does indeed it's happened to our country. we became too successful and what happens when God gives us so many gifts like this is what happens to us is this. Instead of loving the God of the gifts, we begin loving the gifts of God. Mm -hmm. That's what happened in our country. Instead of loving the God of the gifts, we shift our focus to the gifts. Begin loving the gifts of God more than the God of the gifts. Riches have destroyed us as a nation in many, many ways. And I remember clearly as a little boy being taught a hundred times, if not a thousand times that the American Dream for me and my siblings and other young people was to be a millionaire. I call that the American Nightmare not the American Dream because the Bible says this, the Word of God says this, even to America it says this, set not your heart on riches even when they increase. So I believe we started to go wrong because of our success. We were a victim of our success. Now we are a beautiful country. I think I believe we are the most generous country in the history of the world. Mm. I really do believe that. But I think being too successful can be a problem. We need mighty, strong, humble, and wise leadership to conquer this. I believe that's where the problems came in. I also believe that because we were so wealthy, we had the greatest armed forces in the history of the world. No question, no doubt. The greatest, most powerful, most wealthy armed services in the history of the world. And it was used for every possible war and battle. And what I'm getting at here is we have blood on our hands. We use our military, and I think we we were manipulated as a country, manipulated in many ways to use our powers by certain people behind the scenes. But the use of our military, so endowed with so much money for modern weapons, to constantly kill has brought a bit of a curse on our nation. We need to apologize. And I appreciate our current president who does not want to get into wars at every drop of the hat. He's right about that. And last year I had mentioned the television. I would say television today is public enemy number one. The computer and the television is destroying the fabric of our nation, the, the computer itself and the television. We can conquer these things, but we can only conquer them if we will get down on our knees and seek his face and pray and turn from all evil ways then God will hear our prayers. He will listen from heaven and he will heal our land. If we get on our knees and apologize like little children and begin to pray again, God can heal this nation. He wants to heal this nation. And I believe he will heal this nation soon enough.
3: It will happen. Amen. Amen. Through mama. Through mama. One
1: Hail Mary for victory. All right. Let's pray that Mama, she prophesied to our first president. May she prophesy again. Let's ask Mama to bring the victory that her son has promised. We can rise up again, not only as a Christian, but as a Eucharistic Catholic nation. Hail Mary, full Hail of grace, grace the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and, women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb Jesus. Jesus.
3: Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Holy Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace Grace of of thy flame of
1: love over Over all of humanity, humanity, now and at at the hour of our death. death. Amen. The Lord be with you. And
0: And with your spirit.
1: May the God of love and courage and victory bless this land and bless everyone listening and your children. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
3: Amen.
0: Amen. And God
3: bless America.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to this hour of heaven's light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest.